once again back once again back once again back once again back once again with a this is the Wisdom in All Things podcast. It's really a journey that is designed to help you integrate wisdom into all areas of your life. This episode is called Slowing Down. The hurried life is no way to live. Frank Powell says, if we compare our pace to the pace of Jesus' life, there aren't many similarities. Jesus was never rushed. He wasn't overwhelmed by life. And even though he had an enormous mission to complete in a very short period of time, culture's obsession with busyness and hurriedness isn't just a scheduling problem, it's a heart problem. We are definitely off pace. Life has become a flywheel. In all our efforts to be efficient and to do more, we've got that sucker spinning pretty good. Busyness flows from our hearts. So we need to ask, who or what would lead us to such hurriedness? There are those things that we've been called to do, and then there's everything else. The everything else is optional. That allows us to thrive as we slow down, we are simply too hurried. Jesus wasn't in accomplishing his mission. We don't have to be either. We need to only do what we've been called to do. Here's some implications and suggestions for slowing down. And I believe this to be the way that most things are in our lives. They impact more than just one area. As much as we'd like to believe that we can compartmentalize, what we believe is just physical actually has spiritual implications as well. First, we'll look at what Frank Powell raises as spiritual implications of a hurried life, the foundation and starting point for all that we do. Building on that, I'll introduce you to someone that I've not mentioned up until this point. His name is Mark Sisson. If you're looking for a good, in-depth, on-balance approach to being healthy, he's got a blog called Mark's Daily Apple. He offers some practical ways to help free us from our perspective so that we can get the most out of our time. First, these spiritual implications of not slowing down from Frank Powell. I don't believe God is impressed with exhaustion. He isn't glorified when you take on so many responsibilities that your soul floods with unrest and discontentment. Feeling burnt out isn't a badge of faithfulness. Take your foot off the gas. Slow down. A hurried life destroys your relationship with God. As Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Unless you spend extended periods of time alone with God through prayer, solitude, and Sabbath, the speed of the world will skew your understanding of God. Anxiety, unrest, and discontentment will hover over your life like a dark storm cloud. A hurried life also decreases your capacity to love others. It's not a coincidence that the great love passage, 1 Corinthians 13, begins with, Love is patient. Considering the two greatest commandments are to love God and love others, you need to consider whether your hurried life is costing you more than you realize, he says. Third, a hurried life increases the power of temptation. Through temptation, Satan tries to decrease the time between impulse and action. And in our instant gratification culture, Satan has masterfully deceived people. When you nurture patience and learn to wait, you trust God to give you the things you need in time that Satan says you need now. Next, a hurried life numbs you to injustices. When your life moves at a freeway speed... You have no time or energy to consider the world around you. You become desensitized or unaware of brokenness in the world. Your heart becomes callous to the things that break God's heart. A hurried life also increases narrow-mindedness and legalism. Information increases knowledge, but knowledge alone leads to legalism. Truly knowing God requires discernment and wisdom. These grow incrementally through reflection, solitude, prayer, and Christ-centered community. 
He says the difference between knowledge and wisdom is the difference between having minimal knowledge about God, but recognizing Jesus, those are the disciples, and having a wealth of knowledge, but crucifying Jesus, which is the Pharisees. And lastly, a hurried life clouds your purpose and diminishes your passion. God's idea of purpose isn't about doing, it's about becoming. So think about these questions. Are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control increasing in your heart? Are you a man or one of integrity? Are you trustworthy? Do the people that know you the most respect you? So those are Powell's spiritual implications for not slowing down. It's a hurried life, destroying your relationship with God. It decreases your capacity to love others. It increases the power of temptation. A hurried life numbs you to injustices. It increases narrow-mindedness and legalism. And it clouds your purpose and diminishes your passion. Powell is right. It is a hard issue. We need to care for the very basis from which flows all that we are called to do. Starting here ensures that we will be able to separate what we are called to do from the everything else. Now from Mark Sisson and a couple of others, I wanted to highlight some practical ways that we can look at how we handle the time that we're given. On this point of doing what we're called to do, Mark says, An important piece of living well, as you age, that most never consider, is taking advantage of the fact that time perception is entirely a construction of the brain. By slowing down the perceived passage of time, you seemingly have more of it and live longer and better. So in order to slow down, make the most of our time, he says, stop thinking of time as money, even if it is. Increasing value breeds scarcity, even if it's just the perception of scarcity. So when we think of our time as money, our time gets more valuable and more scarce. Instead of packing our schedules full of interesting experiences, we work longer to make more money. Reading for pleasure becomes wasteful. Sitting down to dinner with family is an extravagance you have trouble justifying. The time we take as leisure becomes more harried with worry that we could be doing more. Next, embrace novelty. Time passes slowly for children, in part because everything they're experiencing is new, and it takes up a larger portion of their memory. Each experience is fascinating. Compare that with the average adult working 9 to 5. Novelty is about trying something new. Almost anything. It might be as bold as the bucket list items, or as subtle as taking a different route to work, or eating lunch outside. Give your brain something to remember. Also, work smarter. Working smarter is keeping your work contained. Optimize work to make the most of your work so that you can make the most of not work. There's a great takeaway. Optimize work to make the most of work so that you can make the most of not work. Uh, next, move. Everyone knows that the faster you move through space, the slower time unfolds. We see this in the sci-fi movies about astral explorers aging more slowly on interstellar journeys. But there's no reason it doesn't also work on a local micro level, even just barely and mostly imperceptibly. He says, try it out if you don't believe me. Spend one day exploring the city on foot. Walk briskly. Bike. Whatever you want. Just physically move through space without stopping. He also says, disconnect. Scientists think our relationship to technology has sped up our perception of time. In a series of human experiences, researchers discovered that people who are constantly connected to technology perceived time to flow faster. What was actually 50 minutes felt like an hour to the tech addicts, who are more anxious and stressed about time running out than the folks who would use technology less. So disconnect. Next, plan some trips. 
Planning a bit, even if it's just a skeleton plan, gives you something to look forward to. Throwing together a rough itinerary several months out, one that leaves plenty of room for improvisation, can really increase the density of your experience and thus slow your perception of time. Lastly, he says, go into nature. We're slaves to the clock. In the wilderness, there are none. Rather than seconds and minutes, out there, time is measured in seasons, sunrises and sunsets, temperature changes. It's a much grander thing embedded in the landscape itself. The linear tick of a digital display cannot hope to contain it. So to slow down and make the most of your time, he says, stop thinking of time as money. Even if it is, embrace novelty, work smarter, move, move more slowly, that is, disconnect, plan some trips, and get out into nature. Life is worth living at a pace that allows us to exercise wisdom, not to mention avoid the spiritual and physical implications of living in a hurried state. What begins as a heart issue must necessarily be framed practically. Is your heart on pace? And if so, have you built the requisite guardrails from sliding back into the busy life? If you're interested in reading through what the Bible has to say about wisdom, go to wisdominallthings.com and under the Wisdom tab, you'll be able to look into the Old and New Testaments, as well as some great quotes on wisdom and other helpful articles. It's all there at wisdominallthings.com.